Hello and welcome back to episode 69 of the Sports Brief Podcast. Um, we're not doing it upside down as we promised, but uh, we are definitely, uh, we're out here doing episode 69. We're extremely excited to get things rolling. Tristan, my main man, how's it going? Going well. Uh, it's been better, but uh, it's good to be back and um, looking forward to the topics we've got to discuss today. Absolutely. And you know, uh, before we get into the whole Packers thing, I do sincerely apologize. Um, I feel like they are definitely wasting Aaron Rodgers' career at this point. Uh, and it's a, it's a travesty if you ask me. Um, I personally wouldn't know because I've never had a franchise quarterback that like Aaron Rodgers uh, that is a one-of-a-kind uh, player and quarterback. So I personally wouldn't know, but I, I can sympathize with my, when my team loses and lets me down. So I do apologize. But um, And before we get, we're going to do a lot of things, like Tristan said, to talk about uh, pertaining to the Packers and Chiefs game. Uh, also going to be talking about one promising player from both the player and the Saints and many more things. Um, before we get started, uh, make sure those of you that watch us on YouTube like and subscribe down below. This is episode 69, so we'd really appreciate uh, the, the, the sub. It really helps us out. It helps people find the show. Leave a comment, please. really helps us out. So um, without further ado, let's get into it. What better way to get the feeling of disappointment than to get a take from a Packers fan about what happened last night? Um, again, I have to preface by saying I, uh, I don't like Aaron Rodgers, uh, like because he's only only because he's in my he's on the a bad end of the division. But I do respect him a lot as a player. I think he's easily a top ten. Uh, he's certainly in the top five, and uh, possibly in the top three at quarterback uh, conversation at this point, especially after the year he just had. Um, uh, actually kind of validates your greatest quarterback of all time debate a while ago, but we'll get into that another day. Um, Tristan, can you kind of just tell me some things uh, that you noticed from the Green Bay Packer game? What's your general feeling right now? Uh, I'm not that mad about it because it keeps happening, so I almost expected them to lose. Uh, they make it to the NFC Championship game, and they look really good going into it, and then something ridiculous will happen. They'll They'll lose a game they shouldn't have lost which is what happened again. Um, but you won't have to like – or you won't have to not like Aaron Rodgers for much longer because I don't think he'll be sticking around the division for uh, much longer. Um, Please. Maybe this next year he'll stay around. I don't know. I After what happened yesterday I and his the remarks he made after the game, he's, he's not happy. Um, either some things need to change in the front office – they need to uh, get spending for him. Like, that's never happened. Or he's probably going to leave. And it's going to be kind of hard because he has three. He's technically under contract for three more seasons, but he can do what he wants. It's all in his control. He could say, I want to leave, and they, they have to let him go, trade him, or whatever. But yeah, just a really crappy game. Uh, the sequence that happened at the end of the first half and right away to start the second half um, at the end of the first half. Mike Pettin, by the way, is going to be fired within the next week, probably, or two, if he's not. Something is really wrong there. Um, end of the first half, the Buccaneers send out the field goal unit, and they call a timeout and send their offense back out. And there's, what, six seconds left? There's six or eight seconds it's left. six or but, eight seconds. I, I've heard Stephen A. Smith say it was six. I've heard everybody say it was eight. It was six to eight seconds. But anyways, it was – I don't. it doesn't matter what down it was. They, they split out their wide receivers. So you think they're, they're either going to go for maybe a, a short play and a timeout and a closer field goal or they're going to throw a Hail Mary. 
regardless of whichever one they would choose, you would run a zone defense. But not if you're Mike Patton. If you're Mike Patton, you line up one-on-one with one safety in the box, and the rest is history. Kevin King, who was getting burnt all game, got burnt again, lets his defender behind him somehow, um, gets a touchdown. That shouldn't have been a touchdown. If Kevin King would have simply done his job, it probably would have been another interception. But Kevin King's going to be gone. After <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, this, this was his contract year. Um, after a game like that, there's zero, 0% chance he's back next year, I don't think. Um, if anybody needs to leave, it's him. <laughs> uh, Aaron Jones didn't help his case by saying, first possession of the second half after we got the ball back, needed a score to get back into the game, he fumbles the ball, and they score in one play after that. And that put us down 28-10, I think. But uh, just a really crappy game. And then for them to be down that much, and then for them to get three interceptions off Tom Brady back-to-back-to-back and not capitalize on them, um, they had every opportunity to win the game. Um, They went three and out twice, I think, after they intercepted Tom Brady. I think after one interception, they scored off of it, but the other two, they just came out flat, didn't get any points, and they ended up losing the call at the end of the game. Fourth and goal. Yeah. Fourth and goal, MVP quarterback. Um, I get you didn't get it three times in a row, but still, there's still one more shot. There's still two minutes and six seconds at that time when you still have all three timeouts. What damage would it do to uh, to try to throw in one more touchdown? To try to run one, one more play, get a score, a two-point conversion, and tie the game. The Bucks get the ball back regardless if you score a touchdown or you kick a field goal. And you still have all your timeouts and the two-minute warning. I didn't like that decision, um, especially because third down, it looked like Aaron could have easily ran the ball in to the right side of the end zone, and he didn't. Yeah. So bad yeah. on Aaron. I, I think Aaron choked a little bit uh, in that fourth quarter. Um which doesn't happen very often. He's usually one of the more clutch players in the game, but certainly. But uh, yeah, just a tough way to see the season end. There's only like two Packers teams I've ever had the feeling that this team is really good um, and not just lucky. That was this year. I felt like this team was really good and they could really win the Super Bowl. And 2014, I thought they were really good. And that was when they lost to Seattle in the NFC Championship game. But a lot of uh, players that – the team's going to look a lot different next year, whether it's A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's probably going to be the starting running back, which that's a whole other issue. He got he only got three carries against the Buccaneers. He looked fantastic. And he, and he looked absolutely fantastic. And then multiple times when the Packers were down in goal inside the 10, he wasn't fed one time. Um, it's just a travesty. It's under usage. Um, he gets the ball three times, and he gets five and 5.7 yards to carry. Carries half the defense on his back for 10 yards on one of his carries. Um, and then you got a running, a running back that's fumbling the ball. It makes no sense. If you guys are doing well, you got to keep them in and keep them playing. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers at this point in my career, and this happened again, I would give it a, a month or so after today or yesterday – and if they don't make any changes in the front office, if they don't fire Mike Patton or make some changes, then I'm seriously considering leaving because I feel like he's been stuck there too long. They've been wasting him since 2011 when they won the Super Bowl and then he had his MVP season after that. Since then, they've done nothing to help him. 
They've let his Pro Bowl receivers walk. The only one they've had since then is really – they had Jordy back then, but they haven't brought anybody in to help him. Um, the most notable player they ever brought in to help him catch his passes is Devin Funches, and he didn't even play this year. Um, <laughs> but just they don't spend the money to help the man. They need to do what Kansas City's doing. Even if it's not on offense, they drafted most of their guys besides Sammy Watkins. Um, mm-hmm. Bring in Sammy Watkins to an already stacked offense. They go out and sign Tyron Matthew to that defense, who really made a huge impact. Um, they just they, you get you can't be afraid to bring guys in if you're serious about winning Super Bowls because that's what you have to do. You have to spend the money if you want to win the Super Bowls. You can't just rely on the old classic draft and develop and hope that your players come through. You need to go out and buy people, um, mm-hmm. or else you're not going to get to where you want to go. So uh, I'm pretty disappointed with how it ended, but it didn't shock or surprise me too much. Um, but yeah, um, I genuinely want, as much as I would hate to see Aaron leave, if Green Bay doesn't change anything, I want him to leave because I feel like that's a quarterback who's too good to be there. Um, he needs to go somewhere that will spend money on him and help him and get him at least one more Super Bowl because, Jesus, the guy should have three probably. He should have pro- at least, I think, in my opinion, three. He's been to five NFC, cha- NFC Championship games now. And he's only won one of them. And the one time he went to the Super Bowl, he won it. But you got to help this man. He's been needing help for years, and he hasn't gotten it. Who do you put the loss on more? Do you put it on Aaron Rodgers or Matt LaFleur? Matt LaFleur, I think. Um, I think he's a really good head coach, but even after the game, in his post-game interview, he's just like, I didn't bring my A game today. Like, you had, what, two weeks to prepare? Um, and all those times you came out flat with bad play calling after those interceptions from Tom Brady. Um, his excuse was, I got too far out of our offense. I didn't stick to what we know. He tried to be too elaborate with the play calling. So I think he was just maybe too caught up in the moment or I don't know. But apparently he, he called some really poor plays. Aaron was really upset that they didn't go for it on that fourth down. Oh, understandably. Um, um, they asked him in the postgame presser whether or not he wanted to go for it. And he said, that wasn't my decision. And he refused to answer any more questions about it. <laughs> but, God, well, I feel clearly, bad for the man. So he clearly wasn't happy. Um, here's my thing. I feel like Aaron Rodgers um, – I, I agree with what you said about he choked a little bit. I could, Someone can almost make the choke, uh, make the argument he choked quite a bit, uh, especially uh, late. Now, the, the, I, I'm not saying uh, for the record, in, t- towards the end of the game, not going for it, that's not on him. We know that. Um, but the, the time that he did have uh, playing at an MVP level, um, I would say he cho- he choked uh, a certain degree. However, I think that the defense choked worse. I think that uh, Mike, um, uh, that Mr. Lafleur, choked even worse than any, anybody else. And I think it comes down to um, everybody's. But everybody's going to remember this game as it being Aaron Rodgers or you know that it's just the Packers and you're losing again. They're not going to remember how. Kevin King just got destroyed. They're not going to remember how Aaron Jones came out and fumbled right away to start out the second half. They're not going to remember how a defense uh, that you know that just uh, that, that allowed a touchdown with eight seconds left to go. Yes, I said eight. They're not going to remember those things. 
But they're going to remember our final score, and they're going to put this uh, ch- chalk this one up to Aaron Rodgers not coming through. For a guy that has been doing what he has been doing for the entire season, it's just a travesty to, to for this man to go out like this. I as as much as you know as much as we're trained to hate him, being Vikings fans, he's got a swagger to him that you got to like. And as for him to go out like this, I, I I certainly feel for Packers fans and him as well because he does he does deserve to go out better than this. He truthfully does. He's that good. He's that player. Um, and to see it end like this, um, you know, it it really is a travesty. If I'm him, I don't even contemplate coming back because this is and this is me being real for a second. When it came down to it, these last couple of seasons, we last year we knew Aaron Rodgers needed another body, okay, and they didn't do anything. They literally drafted his replace or replacement in the first round. Then they drafted AJ Dillon, uh, who's a running back on a fullback's body in the second round. And they they drafted a fullback tight end, uh, uh, Degura, I think his name was Josiah Degura. I can't remember his, even pronounce his name. So, to me. When they knew he, this man needed this kind of help and then went out and did that, and then it ends this way, despite the fact this man came out and played like an MVP for most of the season, I think he should go to a, te- a team that uh, will listen to him, that will bring in weapons, that has a, a respectable defense. doesn't have to be a top-ten defense, but has a respectable defense and has some moderate weapons. By golly, look out. I mean, I think you we were texting, Dan. You said something about uh, – to the Patriots, and I, I was God no, because I, I think this was a year, one year of a fluke year for Bill Belichick, and I think that him with Bill Belichick would restart, uh, would revamp certainly uh, a dynasty that uh, I think people were tired of seeing go to the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most talented quarterback of all time, and 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 Tom Brady, as much as great as he's been, you know, he's going to his tenth Super Bowl. A lot of respect for the men, seven Super Bowls. He's not as talented as Aaron Rodgers. So if Aaron Rodgers gets put in, the, in a Josh McDaniels offense, uh, and he's and Josh McDaniels would actually have to kind of conform to Aaron Rodgers because come on, um, I feel like it would just not be good for the NFL, the rest of the NFL. But when it came down to it, Aaron Rodgers uh, made it look like it, the the team made it look like he choked. When in reality, it's I I get the people saying that I get it, I do. But at the end of the day, uh, this was just an all around choke job. I, I don't think it's on. And in football, you. People remember those performances, but I mean the the best teams, the best players, always chalk it up to, hey, we I could have been better than than the rest of the team says they sh- they could have been better. So it's just not a one player. I think it's it's just a whole fact. Oh, and let's take this into consideration though. Those three picks they didn't capitalize. The fourth and goal that they should have went for it on. The all those mistakes that happened in this game, and they almost won it. Can yeah. you imagine this team? If everything would have went right, it would have been forty. It would have been fifty to uh, whatever the final, uh, fifty-eight to thirty-one. It would, it would not have been a game. No. So, in my opinion, the Packers were the better team. Clearly, they, I think they played better football. I even think they played better football yesterday than the, the Buccaneers did, um, mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Um, defense, obviously, Tampa Bay's defense played pretty good, but Green Bay's defense, they were pretty opportunistic with three interceptions and. That's more than you can ask for against Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. But I think the better, not the better team didn't win, um, and I think it'll show uh, in the Super Bowl when I think Kansas City, and it's not just because I don't like the Buccaneers or like Tom Brady. I, I genuinely think Kansas City is probably going to slaughter the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it'll be too close. 
But what a perfect segue into our next subject here, um, talking about the Bills and the Chiefs game. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched the Packers and uh, the Bucks game instead of the, the Chiefs and Bills game because I've been sticking up for the Bills for a while. But if Patrick Mahomes played, I didn't think the Bills really had a shot. Like, I, I hate to say that because I had a lot of respect and I got a lot of love for the Bills. But Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Uh, and I, I even said it on – it came on the podcast and said, you know, if he plays, they're going to win it. If he doesn't play, they don't have a shot. And you know what? I unfortunately uh, – you know, it came down to – that's literally what happened. Now, got to give some guys uh, like Josh Allen some respect. Came out and played uh, relatively well. Um, led the team in rushing. Uh, went 28 of 48 for 287 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, and then you got uh, guys like Cole Beasley coming out, leading the team in catches and receiving yards with seven for 88. Stefan Diggs, um, they did a great job of shutting him down in the first half, uh, but did finish with six catches for 77 yards. All in all, um, the Bills should be very excited, though. I got to start by saying that. The Bills fans, the entire Bills franchise should be very excited. Very excited. I know this loss hurts. I know that Patrick Mahomes is just going to be in the, in the AFC Championship game for a long time, but they got to be a little excited. One addition, one key addition in Stefan Diggs in my mind this offseason, and all of a sudden they're in the AFC Championship game. Whew. Yeah. I mean, this is this is going to be a tough team for a lot of years with a good young quarterback, with a good young wide receiver, a solid base, a, tons of other solid players. This is really something to build upon. But the, the Kansas City Chiefs are just that much better than everybody else right now, and unfortunately, we got to deal with it. I mean, you, you consider a guy, Patrick Mahomes, 29 of uh, 38 for 325 of yards and three touchdowns. I mean, good Lord. I mean, what could you ask from somebody else? I mean, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, both combined for, what, 22 catches for almost 300 yards? I mean, at what, and two touchdowns, just incredible. Uh, absolutely, um, just it's what this team can do. What are just some of your general thoughts and feelings about the uh, the Chiefs uh, moving forward? Not surprised. Um, as soon as they said Patrick Mahomes was going to play, I everybody kind of came to the general consensus that Kansas City was probably going to win. But imagine how good the Bills could be if they had a little bit better O-line and a better running back. Um, they would be scary. Their defense is good enough, um, maybe a couple more pieces. But if they went out and drafted a running back in some O-line or traded for somebody, or God, that's a scary team. That's a really good team. That's a team that wouldn't surprise me if they ended up beating Kansas City. Um, but, yeah, that's a really young foundation to build around. And, yeah, if I was a Bills fan, I'd be happy. Um, they're yeah. going in the right direction. It's unfortunate that they're – in the same division with the up and coming chiefs that are all young as well. Um, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so they'll, they'll be around for a while and they'll be good for a while, but the bills and the chiefs, in my opinion, are really the only two teams in the AFC that are, I think going into next year, they're automatically Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. You could argue the Titans could be up there um, because I think their team is pretty solid. The Ravens, I think are probably going to be worse next year. Um, I don't know. Pittsburgh could be good, but the Bills and the Ravens own the AFC. I mean, the Bills and the Chiefs. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Super Bowl. It's going to be a good game. Um, I expect Tampa Bay's defense to start pretty strong against the Chiefs. I don't think the Chiefs will score very much in the first quarter. Um, Tampa Bay probably jumps out to a lead, but as soon as the Chiefs get rolling, it's it's 
it's game over from there, and that's probably what's going to happen. I think it'll take them a little bit to find the rhythm, and then once they find it, it's game over. Andy Reid's going to bring out the freaking carnival plays, um, the backyard football plays that he's got. Yep. Um, that offense is just incredible and unstoppable. Um, it's going to be an exciting game. It would be more exciting if it was against Green Bay. but That's true. Yeah, it is what it is. And I need to touch on the refereeing a little bit. Um in the Green Bay Buccaneers game. I'm not one to complain and blame the whole game on the refs. But if you're going to throw the penalty at the end of the game on Kevin King for pass interference, you have to be consistent the whole game with your calls. Um, the whole game, the, the interception that Rodgers threw, you probably saw, mm-hmm. Lazard was getting held bad when he cut his route. Mm-hmm. And Aaron ended up throwing the pick. And they didn't call that. They didn't call numerous other penalties on either side of the ball. And then the, the most crucial play of the game, they throw pass interference. Only time they called it the whole game. Um, it's a bit ridiculous because the ball wasn't catchable, so it automatically shouldn't have been a pass interference, but they didn't bother to take a second look at it. Um, the ball was 10 feet over his head, um, yeah. even if he wasn't touched. No chance he would have caught it, in my opinion. But just a garbage call. Um, can't blame the game on it because the Packers had so many opportunities, but the refereeing... I think referees need to be held uh, more accountable for when they make mistakes like that or if they – I think all penalties should be reviewable, in my opinion, because there's way too many game-deciding and game-changing penalties that are called incorrectly. Um, I'm not saying that wasn't pass interference because by rule, technically it was, and technically it wasn't at the same time because he was was holding him by his jersey, but the ball wasn't catchable, so it could have gone either way. But – Meg, yeah, that that whole game, just a whole slew of missed calls, and then to do that, they have to be consistent with the calls, which is what they say they are, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, that's that's just an issue I think needs to be addressed. Um, Certainly. Whether it's referees getting fined, um, or I don't know what else you could do besides fine them. I don't know how much money they make. They probably make a lot, but... More than us. <laughs> Yeah, a lot more than us. But you could definitely find them or I don't know what needs to be done. Make all penalties reviewable. I think that needs to be a rule. I'm pretty sure that's a rule in the XFL. Um, Something like – I'm not sure off the top of my head, but it sounds that sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, I think, our, I think penalties are reviewable, which they should be because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure all penalties are reviewable in most other professional sports. So I don't know why they're not in the NFL. But whatever. Ref's mm-hmm. going to ref. That's true. That's true. They're going to do their thing. Um, great. Yeah, I think um, it's it's a gray area. Uh, you know, you can't – on one hand, you can't leave the game up to the refs. On the other hand, um, sometimes things just don't go your way in for things to end like that. It's um, it's not how you uh, – clearly not how you want it to end. But um, uh, we better get into uh, some of our Colts and uh, our Saints discussions here. Now, this is continuing on our um, – discussion of young players that have a lot of promise and quite frankly uh players that uh franchises should be very excited about tristan give me an exciting player uh from the colts that you uh definitely you think could be something special um actually you know what i'll start this because i'm actually really excited to start about this to talk about this guy uh who i think a lot of people i actually put out a video talking about how he is going to be one of the greatest in my opinion jonathan taylor is going to be a top 
10 running back next year. If we're talking about all-around running back, Jonathan Taylor is certainly going to be in that conversation. Um, the former rookie out of Wisconsin, a 5'10", 226. That's a big boy. Okay, that's a big boy running the football at you. Um, had 11 rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, former second-round pick, uh, once again, out of Wisconsin. Um, man, he's a tough. He's tough to bring down. He's just a tough football player. Caught 36 passes as well for 200, uh, nearly 300 yards uh, and a touchdown. Only lost one fumble on the year. If you just watch the way he runs uh, and what he just brings to that Colts de- uh, offense, excuse me, he's a special, special player already in the making. He's already tough to bring down. Now, the comparison I'm going to bring up might fluster some people, but we wouldn't have it any other way on this beautiful show. I want to compare him because I think he plays a lot like Frank Gore. You talk about a, a bowling ball that's low to the ground uh, that can just continue to run, get the uh, job done, uh, and just – now, again, the only reason I say that is that they're, uh, they're comparable in size and the way they run the football. I'm not – Already saying he's better than Frank Gore. People get so hurt when I bring up these things. No, he's not better than Frank Gore, but he reminds me a lot of him. I think he can certainly be a special player, uh, maybe one day being like Frank Gore, but the way his body competition is made up, the way he plays, he reminds me a lot of Frank Gore just because of how well uh, he just seems to carry himself. Um, and he's just, he's a very respectable running back. Um, for as long as Frank Gore has been around, um, he's had some good rece- uh, good seasons uh, in terms of running and catching the football. Um, I mean, you talk about a guy that had, you know, uh, I mean, his second year in the NFL caught 61 passes, um, third year 53, uh, the year after that 43, and then the year after that 52. He can catch the ball, but um, I feel like Jonathan Taylor is going to develop into a, a better receiver over time, uh, and I certainly think that he's going to be a great player coming forward. It, to me, he's what the Colts – offense was all about this year i mean you had to stop a jonathan taylor before you could do anything else and if you couldn't well then they could just open up the entire playbook and get the ball out to everybody else so um jonathan taylor special player uh, i think he's going to be really fun to watch for many years to come i he's was clearly the, the colts offense again once again this year don't know what they're going to do in terms of quarterback play but uh, if you would want to talk about uh you know what, what t- we'll also talk about this a little bit later about where matthew stafford could go um, you want to talk about a, a prime destination. I think the Colts are a good destination for him, but again, we'll get into that later. Um, but uh, they, they've just got a lot of talent, a solid defense, a good running back, some uh, young wide receivers that are tough. T.Y. Hilton, love him. Zach Pascal, uh, Michael Pittman, extremely excited to see what he does in the NFL. Um, even a guy like Mo Cox, who really came on strong, um, well, against the Vikings and, and just about really everybody else. But uh, I think he's going to be a special player. Like I said, great defense, but it all starts and ends with Jonathan Taylor. Um, my man, uh, what about the Colts in your perspective? Who's a really promising player for the Colts uh, that you really uh, really admire? Yeah, first of all, I agree with everything you said about Jonathan Taylor. I think he's already a special player, but I feel like he's going to be a top 10. He, he could be a top five running back. He's got that potential. Um, he's going to be really good. I loved everything I saw out of him this whole year. Um, my my favorite young player on the Colts is Michael Pittman. Um, uh, he's just... Big body wide receiver. Um, his stats weren't amazing this year, but the, some of the catches he made and the, the focus, like, made some unbelievable catches. Um, he's a receiver who I think I, could, I think could develop into just – I think he could be one of the best in the league if he was put in, a, in an offense with, um, you know, a better quarterback. I'm not – nothing against Phillip Rivers, but they didn't really have – a really pass-happy offense, I guess, and Pittman wasn't the number one option. Mm-hmm. But I think he gets a bit overlooked. I think he's he's freaky athletic. 
And some mm. of the catches he made this year were just little flashes of his potential. I think Pittman's going to be really good for a really long time. Um, my other favorite young player on the Colts is uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker. Um, respect Legos. the specs. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Respect the specs. I love Blankenship. I hated him when the Packers played against him because he was that accurate. But, yep. uh, God, he's good. He's a really good kicker. And he really I think is. This is his first year, isn't it? Yep, he's a rookie. Damn, he was he was very good this year, and he made a lot of clutch kicks. Um, I just I just love how nerdy he looks. Uh, he just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just different to see a player of that uh, appearance. I guess He'd be so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's my other favorite young player. He's going to be a really good kicker for a long time. Um, yeah, his obsession with Legos is pretty fascinating. <laughs> It's great, yes, me. It's great, absolutely yeah, great. Pittman, Pittman, and uh, Blankenship are my two favorite young guys on the Colts. And yeah, talk about the quarterback situation. I feel like Indy. If you're a quarterback who is potentially thinking about leaving your team, Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford or Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers potentially, um, Indy is a really intriguing place to go. Um, that would probably be number one on my list because of their defense. And they've got a really, really solid foundation there. I feel like any one of those quarterbacks, a really good quarterback, could go in there and they'd probably become contenders almost right away. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's set up nicely for them. Um, yeah, another one, I don't think people think about this team looking for a quarterback. San Francisco, I think, is going to have a new quarterback. Um, the 49ers, I think Jimmy G still technically under contract for another year or two, but, Mm -hmm. um, Deshaun Watson, there was rumors of him trying to go there, but if Aaron wants out of Green Bay, which he might, I feel like San Francisco maybe be his number one or number two option. Um, I feel like he'd want to go back to California and play close to home. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see him either going there or to the Rams. I think they'd move on from Jared Goff in a heartbeat to go pick up Rodgers. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Indy, prime destination for any quarterback. My per, my official prediction was Carson Wentz goes to Indy, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sticking with it, even though Matthew Stafford wants out now of Detroit. Mm-hmm. He's leaving Detroit. I think that's probably a little more likely than Carson Wentz, but uh, I'm still sticking with my Carson Wentz prediction. Well, I think that, that prediction makes a lot of sense when you consider the fact that what, comparing weapons from – um, the Colts too. And now it's expect he has a better defense. Immediately would have a better defense. I think um, the the argument could be made that there are better weapons in terms of offense in in Philadelphia. But I mean, he could de- definitely have a guy like Michael Pittman just come out there and and take a care of people. So and even Jonathan Taylor. So I actually would take the uh, the Colts weapons over the Eagles weapons. But um, I know that's probably just another discussion for another day. But um, I think you know I think it would definitely be interesting to see Carson Wentz go there. But um, yeah, like I I agree. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things to like um, when it comes to Michael Pittman and Blankenship, uh, two really young players that are really going to do some big things for the Colts moving forward. Um, how about the Saints now? Now, now the Saints this year, uh, <laughs> they are in what you would call a salary cap situation uh, in that they are very much over the cap, um, and I'm actually going to check that out. But I also want to kind of talk about they have three draft picks in the entire NFL or draft coming up. Um <laughs> Not great, not great. When you're considering a team, or considering a team that uh, is probably going to need another quarterback, is probably going to want a couple of cut, cut a couple of people. 
Um, and uh, I believe they've got uh, Drew Brees' cap hit will be pretty substantial moving forward. But I think that uh, they are definitely going to be uh, making some big offseason moves and making some changes. However, uh, I think that they definitely, uh, with whatever their cap situation ends up being, uh, and the fact they don't have a lot of draft picks, there's still some uh, really quality players that we have to look at um, on the Saints. Uh, we do it for everybody. Um, and it was a little harder for the Saints because they uh, they do draft well, but it's it's just um, a little tougher considering how much, uh, you know, they, they uh, how they seem to have a lot of younger, or excuse me, middle of their career players. Uh, who from the Saints really impresses you? You know, there's there's not a whole lot of guys that are, I guess, young that impress me um, because they don't have a lot of guys that are in their first or second year who are very good yet. Besides the center that they just drafted this last year, he was pretty solid. But He's I wouldn't really, yeah, I wouldn't really consider him a standout player, um, hmm. even though he played pretty solid. So I'm just gonna go with, I'm excited to see what they do at the quarterback situation. Um, if they end up playing Jameis Winston. Um, you know, making him the starter for next year. I'm really excited to see how good he can be because he's he's a quarterback I feel like has so much upside. His ceiling is so high. I think his ceiling is higher than Drew's ever was because of his athleticism, but it's his brain that needs developing. Um, but if, if Sean Payton, if, if he can turn that around and make Jameis a respectable quarterback, I feel like the Saints – could be more dangerous next year than they've been in recent years. Just if they can keep all the other pieces they had and uh, insert Jameis Winston and him playing better, that could be a really good team. Um, Drew Brees, I think, is retired now. Um, he hasn't officially retired, but uh, it's, it's kind of, I guess, the general consensus is that he's retired, um, probably. Probably forthcoming, yeah. Yeah, it's probably coming up here, but he's probably retired. If he does come back, it'll be his last year, probably. Um, but I think he's done. He was caught on the sideline during that playoff game talking to Jameis and saying, this is your team now. So um, if that goes to say anything, he's probably retiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just – I've never liked Jameis Winston um, – as a person or as a player, because of his decision-making on and off the field, is very poor. But if he can get his head on straight, this this is an elite talent. Um, the Saints could be pretty dangerous next year. So I'm excited to see that all play out. Taysom Hill is not going to be their quarterback. Um, I, I don't like that they only used him as a gadget player. I wish they would have actually used him in the quarterback position full-time more. Yep. Um, but he'll end up going somewhere else. He'll stay there as a gadget tool. He's not going to be the quarterback. But they're, the draft coming up, that's rough. Have only having three picks. And this last year, they only had four picks, I think. Um, mm -hmm. It's tough. I don't know what the cap situation is, but I've always told everybody I think cap is a joke. I think we saw what Kansas City did last year. They reported that they had $19 in cap space. $19 in cap space shortly after signed Patrick Mahomes to a half-a-billion-dollar contract, and mm -hmm. then a week later, or not a week later, but shortly after, made Travis Kelsey the highest-paid tight end in NFL history. Um, it's, it's, I think just cap, cap space is a number they have to report. Um, I think they can afford to pay whatever player, they, whatever they want. The mm -hmm. NFL teams are rich enough to pay whoever they want, whatever they want. 
it's just about finding a way to pay him that money, whether it's a lot of bonuses, because I don't think bonuses count towards cap. Um, random incentives, playing incentives don't count towards cap. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that can uh, you can really manipulate the cap space. So if, if teams are smart enough, like the Chiefs were, to figure out a way around that and really back half and bonus load players' contracts, you can, you can build a really good team for a really long time. Eventually, they'll have some issues with it, but I don't think cap is a big deal. I think people make too big of a deal of the cap. Mm-hmm. Um, just because players say or teams say that they don't have any cap space, um, I think it generally just means they don't want to sign a player. Because if you really want to sign a player, I think you can. I don't think yeah. it's very hard. Yeah. Um, if the Packers wanted, they could probably extend Aaron Rodgers for two more years and $500 million. But <laughs> they probably won't because the people in the front office don't really – have much of a grip on what they're doing, but mm-hmm. uh, cap's a joke. Um, but the Saints, I don't know. It could either be. I feel like it's a roller coaster. It could either be they could go straight up next year, or they could just go straight down next year without Drew Brees. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens with them next year. Yeah, that's true. Um, with me, I think you you kind of touched, you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of there's just not a ton of uh, exciting uh, first or second year players, but I will come out and say uh, that the, um, it will be interesting to see how their future plays out. Uh, even a guy like, I'm really excited about, about a guy like Trey Hendrickson, who's a former third round pick out of Florida Atlantic. Um, you, th- you talk about a guy uh, that has all the pass rushing tools. You need 6'4", 270. I think his, his blend of raw size, speed, strength, uh, you know, just has been, uh, it's been understated. I mean, he's just been continually getting better. Um, um, albeit even though in 2018 it just didn't seem to he, he was injured uh, and things just didn't seem to work out um, rookie year came out and had a couple sacks 2018 was injured uh, 2019 came back had a career high four and a half sacks played in 13 games and started three of them um, so really came on strong and then this year played in 15 and starting all 15 had 25 total tackles with 13 and a half sacks um, and really came on, had a pass deflection uh, and a forced fumble as well. Really came on strong for the Saints, uh, expecting him to have a, uh, a a very good and promising career. Um, you're talking about a fourth-year guy, still really young, not a ton of tread on the tires, uh, and a guy that's really going to come out, and I think he's going to provide a lot of pressure uh, for the Saints moving forward. And you like those guys, those young uh, guys that are a little speedy off the edge, got that size, got those 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 Russian moves and everything. So um, for me, uh, I agree with what you said, but for uh, I truly think that um, Trey Hendrickson is going to be a very special player moving forward. Um, last thing we'll talk about here is uh, the last possible place, or where do we think Matt Stafford will go? Personally, I think it's a toss-up. I, I think the Colts would make – I've said this earlier – the Colts would make a fantastic place for him to go. You would talk about a defense that's already – I mean, think about it. He immediately gets plugged into the Colts uh, into the Colts franchise, has a way better defense than he ever had in Detroit, has a uh, – I, I think quite easily has a better running back too than he's ever had in Detroit. Um, you got a good offensive line. Uh, I mean, I, I would put him – in terms of uh, where they're at in their career and um, arm talent, I think he is better – than a guy like Philip Rivers, I really do. I, I think yeah, if you want to talk about just pure arm talent, he's he's vastly better than a lot of people. Excuse me, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, and I think uh, he would definitely be an upgrade over Philip Rivers. And I think he would be dangerous, dangerous with the Colts. I think you could almost see a guy that revives his career. Um, you got a, a lot of young receivers now. Maybe he'd want another young wide receiver uh, to be brought in moving forward. That's a possibility. But just for we're talking about what it comes to uh, in terms of 
talent, talent and just uh, projection, I think that Matt Stafford could be a great addition uh, to the Colts. Once again, a great defense, good running back. I mean, it's quarterback heaven. Uh, I mean, it's it's how Teddy Bridgewater got the Vikings to the playoffs back in 2015. You think about it, he had Adrian Peterson who led the league in rushing that year. He had a top 10 defense uh, that was young and and, and, and Spry had brought it a lot. And I, I mean, the, the, the offense was built around his needs. And so if the Colts were to get Matthew Stafford, I think it would be a, a great move moving forward uh, and something to be very excited about. Um, where do you see Matt Stafford going? I think you're right, probably. Um, if I had to put money, if I had to bet money on where he's going to play, I would say Indy. Um, I feel like he's going to be relatively cheap or inexpensive. I don't think Matt Stafford will be out there looking for a top three quarterback contract. I think he just wants to leave Detroit, and he'd be happy to go anywhere. Um, there's a lot of teams that, uh, yeah, like you said, he's he's got one of the best arms in the league. Um, he's a quarterback who's... Very underrated, um, very overlooked, top five almost every year in every statistic. Um, really great player, really great person. Uh, any any team would be lucky to have Matt Stafford. I think if he doesn't go to Indy, his play style, I feel like Atlanta could possibly move on from Matt Ryan, um, which I think they will hear pretty soon. Matt Stafford, I feel like, would be a good fit there. Um, Indy is probably the best fit. Um, I'm not sure what Pittsburgh's doing. I know they brought in Dwayne Haskins, but he's not a starting quarterback, um, in my opinion. Um, there's there's a lot. There's going to be quite the quarterback carousel this offseason. Um, maybe maybe Matt Stafford can come to Green Bay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know I if it would be it. better. <laughs> <laughs> no, res- no disrespect to Matt Stafford, but I don't, I don't want to downgrade anytime soon. But yeah. uh, no, no uh, hard feelings. I, I understand it. Totally agree. There's, there's so many teams that could bring Matt Stafford in and get so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Indy. I think Indy is a no-brainer. But I also think that about Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of bargaining going on. Absolutely. Yo, I agree with you. Um, I think, uh, you know what, there's a lot of things, a lot of teams that would definitely be very excited to add a guy like Matt Stafford. Uh, very, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. You give him a good wide receiver, good defense, good O-line, especially that he would have there in India. I think it could be a very special team moving forward. Um, uh, that, that basically covers everything we had for tonight. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us for episode 69. Anything you, else you would like to add, uh, Tristan, before we uh, head out? Don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back next week for episode 70. Uh, we appreciate you guys for joining us. Once again, those of you that watch us on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. Leave a like down below. Leave a comment. It helps people find the show. Um, check out our website at thesportsbeatpodcast.com. Also, please remember uh, to follow us on all social media uh, and uh, you know, take care of that. Uh, but as for all of us from the show, peace out. Have a great night.